Yo, today's QOD is you are much more than any model you can have of who you think you are. Here we go. Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Today's Throwback Thursday episode is a tribute to Ram Das, who passed away a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was a man who, over the last 60 years, had such an impact on so many people people, influence people all over the world. So I wanted to have him on the show today. This is uh, actually episode number 560. And uh, he talks about kind of what Michael Neal talked about yesterday, you know, how we have to move beyond and get past using our thinking mind to figure everything out and to just trust the process. Here's Ram. Where did you learn who you think you are? You learned it from your parents, you learned it from the school, and you built a structure or a model, which is called an ego structure, in your mind of who you think you are. And then it comes like a mind net around you. So you go down the street and you enter into conspiracies with each other saying, I will make believe you are who you think you are if you will make believe I am who I think I am. And we enter into these games to keep reinforcing our models of who we think we are. We dress that way, we look that way, we project it of who we think we are all the time. And we get trapped in it. And it turns out to be too finite. You are shortchanging yourself because you are much more than any model you can have of who you think you are. And finally, when you're ready for that next push, you start to go deeper and you start to become interested in those methods that allow you to escape from the structure your mind has created so that the structure is available as your servant, but not as your master. In the spiritual traditions, they say an intellectual who is proud of his intellect is like a prisoner who's proud of his cell. The shift in perspective that is required for the next stage of the journey is the realization that everything that you thought you were is only part of who you are. And the desire to cultivate, if you will, the meta-system of which the ego structure is only a subsystem. And the problem is that a subsystem can never understand a meta-system. And that is why in the biblical injunction it says, lest ye die, ye cannot be reborn. In other words, you can't realize your larger system if the smaller system keeps trying to explain it away or control it. That is the rational, intellectual, analytic mind has gotten you to just where you are now. Now the question is, can you see, it's like you use a boat to cross an ocean. You get to the far shore. Do you then have to portage? Do you have to carry it with you? Or can you let it go and now be on another medium in another way? That a journey of going beyond your own, the tool that you have mastered, but now letting the tool Go for a moment. The, the trap, of course, has been that you thought you were the tool. Cogito ergo sum. I think, 
therefore I am. The fallacy of that is that it's the reverse way. Behind that is I am and I think. And the thinking mind is your servant, while for most people the thinking mind is their master. And as you cultivate that meta-awareness, that other part of your being, that what's called the intuitive heart-mind, the sin-sin in Chinese, the atma in Hinduism, there's names for it in every system. As you cultivate this meta-system, then you learn how to delight in the forms of the play. You learn how to work in the business world. It doesn't mean you give up the game. It means you give up the vantage point from which you're playing it. So you no longer have to milk it for the success because you're not so busy identifying with your separateness that you need to keep proving again and again that you're adequate, that you're good, that you can accrue more, so that the journey of the separate individual now starts to balance with that part of you that is identified with the totality. So your actions are coming out of a much more interesting place. So that your action is the coming together of a number of strands in your being. Because you and I are human, and what that humanity represents is a creative tension between our animal humanity and our, if you will, awareness or divinity or spiritual consciousness. And it's only keeping both of those in balance, so you keep both of them honored, does the game become interesting. Everything short of that is just, is it your piece of meat or is it mine? And then I go in and lick my paws and I got my cave. And if you go into the next level out, the work begins inside your own head. It does not begin in manipulating the environment. It begins in manipulating the furniture right in here and where the identification is. There are two little stories of Mahatma Gandhi. One is he started to lead a march, a protest against the British. And after a few days, he saw that it was going to have some bad consequences, and he stopped the march. And his lieutenants came up to him, and they said, Mahatmaji, you can't do this. People left their jobs. They're taking great risk. They're here behind you. You can't stop now. And Gandhi said, I have a mixed understanding. I'm only human. I don't understand it all. My understanding of truth changes from day to day. My commitment is to truth, not to consistency. I'm sorry if that upsets you. A lot of us have built our security on consistency, on being who we thought we were and projecting it outward. Is it possible that you, at your stage of life, can allow for a discontinuity to allow a shift of consciousness into another way of being? Or is your commitment to consistency greater than your commitment to truth? It's an interesting one. And you will notice that the entire circle of the people around you count on consistency. They don't count on truth, they count on consistency. But what you can offer them and yourself finally is a reaching for the truth. That becomes part of your bottom line. And in the course of it, it may not be consistent.